All right. Hello and welcome to the Win Daily Show. I am Michael Raziel. I have my man Sia Najad here, and we're going to be talking about some Super Bowl picks. We're going to be talking about some teams that we're, we're we're interested in. Maybe some long shots. Maybe some you know normal. I guess chalk. We're going to be talking about a little bit about um, some MVP plays. Excited about that. C is our man when it comes to golf. So we're excited to talk about some of this crazy stuff that's going over there in Scottsdale. And of course, I love baseball so much. They, uh, some news articles came out today, and I really, really want to talk about that realignment. So Sia, my man, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm real good. I, I'm honestly so excited because we have golf going right now. We have golf next weekend with the Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson thing. The next weekend after that, we have the Tiger Woods thing. I think it's June 11th where we have real golf, like real mm-hmm. you know, PGA golf, I should say. And then we have the MLB, MLB thing you're talking about. We've got NFL talk. Like it is, it's crazy because we have this new perspective, right? It's yep. it's before we had sports all the time and games all the time and things to bet on all the time and DFS all the time. Now they're sort of peppering everything back in. And look at us. We feel so lucky just for yeah. having outlaw golf and NFL draft talk and MLB realignment talk to talk about. It's crazy. It's- it's crazy to say the least, but it's it's nice. They're kind of like starting to sprinkle in some stuff. We got a little NASCAR this weekend, a little German soccer. I don't watch German soccer. Of course, I'm going to watch it now. It's going to be on FS1 and I'm not going to have anything else to watch. So, of course, I'm going to tune in and I'm so excited. We got articles up on the site. We got everybody over in the Discord hanging out, talking about this stuff. Of course, esports as well. Uh, not getting to, into too much UFC tonight, but we are very excited for it. We're going to be having our main man, Jim, come on on Thursday for our show to talk about the slate on Saturday, which we're very excited about, but let's, let's talk about this golf a little bit. You brought it up. I mean, we have, we have a little, we've a little, you know, skin there sprinkling and some stuff this weekend. Next weekend is going to be a lot of fun with, as you said, Tiger Woods and, and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, new Tampa Bay quarterback, Tom Brady with, I think 1600 odds to win MVP, give or take 16 or 1200, if I'm not mistaken. What are you looking forward to? And what exactly could you, I know we talked a little bit about it last time, but what the heck is going on? in Arizona and and how are you continuing to make money out of it so there's two ways to make money in any sport and and you know this and and you know sometimes we emphasize the DraftKings or the FanDuel end and we sort of we sort of de-emphasize the sports betting end I will tell you today I had investments on both ends and and I'm talking particularly on the sports betting end outrights mm-hmm. you know last week I hit my outright in Matt yep. Picanzo he's in the field this week I did not bet him but in DraftKings today, you know, I didn't do that great. There was a couple guys I was leaning on that were very um, cheaply priced, for lack of a better way to say it, and they didn't come through, so they were cheaply priced for a reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so it was an average day for me. Um, but sports betting, I picked a few guys. Some of the PGA professionals are actually playing in these outlaw tours now. You know, it's weird because they're sort of taking a spot, but at the same time, they're trying to tune up just like everybody yep. else so that when June 11th comes around, they can be kind of ready and all of the outrights I took, and I basically took all the three PGA professionals, which for the record, they weren't one, two, three on, on the on the board in terms of betting for whatever reason. Uh, they've all they're all in really prime position after day one. So I'm really looking forward to cashing my second outlaw outright in a row. This guy, we should call you Outlaw Outright Sia Najab moving forward, man. I think that's got uh it's got a little ring to it. And I think, I mean, first off, how the heck did did the three PGA professionals not be one, two, and three. How was that? I'm, I'm real curious kind of how how that works. If you have any insight, please let me know. But that just sounds like a uh, an oversight on a few people's eyes. It's a complete oversight. And this is the real beauty of 
this type of situation when not everybody has the the relevant info. And by the way, on SiriusXM this last weekend, and we'll continue to do this, but we talked about week one lines in the NFL. The reason why week one lines are so important is, is because not everybody is caught up on the information. Everybody has sort of different interpretations of where teams stand before they even get a chance to see them play. So knowing that, that's why we really went through, every, on Sunday at least, we went through every single line. I gave my picks for every single line. I had three or four best bets. I know you talked about the NFL on Saturday. So fast forward to your question. We have three PGA professionals. One was Joel Damon. He was like the outright favorite. I didn't invest much in him. He was more of a safety play for me. Everybody was all over Joel Damon. He's three shots back of the lead right now. So he's in decent position, but he's three shots back of Nate Lashley, who is a PGA tour professional. He won last year on the tour and he was, I believe he started out at 30 to one. It got bet all the way down to about 15 to one. Unfortunately, that's where I got it. The point is, there were three outlaw guys that were ahead of Nate Lashley in the odds, and they're good for the outlaw tour, but frankly, they're not going to withstand a three-day event against PGA professionals. Mm -hmm. So it was Kevin Streelman who, who I took at 12 to 1. It was Nate Lashley who I took, I believe it was 17 to 1. And then the safety play on Joel Damon, who was actually 6 to 1, partly because he shot a 58 in a practice round on a par 70. Whoa. So I get right. that. But listen, those things don't happen back to back. There's always regression in that regard. So I've actually got a, a decent amount riding on both Kevin Streelman and, and Nate Lashley. Uh, Lashley is minus eight. He's the leader. There's a couple guys at minus six. Streelman and Damon are minus five. So all three of those guys are in pole position. Well, I hope you just put more than $10 down than you did uh, like you did last week when you won that outright as well. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers for you, man. And, and uh, you know, you brought it up on Sirius. So we um, we are both on Sirius with Jason, the Wind Daily Show, five to seven on Sirius XM. Uh, fantasy sports channel obviously you know we're trying to do a couple of these a week we got the serious shows going we're really just trying to get as much information out there for everybody free information man take it or leave it but as you can hear as you can see Sia is crushing it and I'm excited to, I haven't been here when uh, you know I guess real golf is going on you know with my my quote unquote there uh, but I'm real excited to see what you can do in PGA so I guess maybe we'll start sprinkling it a little bit so with that Ricky Fowler event coming up next or this weekend if i'm not mistaken the fowler wolf uh dustin johnson rory mcelroy what exactly is it and and how how are you looking at it right now from a betting perspective is this something that you want to play is this something that you're going to play because you're bored how how are you really looking at this opportunity right now so this is probably to answer your question this is probably something i'm going to play because i'm bored however the following weekend when we have peyton manning and um, Tiger Woods and Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. That one actually has some value peppered mm -hmm. into it that I that I actually want to talk about. But as far as the you know the DJ Roy, the problem with that matchup, it's so it's Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf versus DJ and Rory, and DJ and Rory are about minus two thirty favorites. And on on any average day, that would make sense. The problem mm -hmm. is with this type of matchup. I'm not 100% sure that DJ and Rory are really going to come to play. I don't know how much they care. I believe Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler went to the same school. I believe they're Oklahoma State. So they might have a little sort of pep in their step. They might really want to get after it. It's, it, but I don't like either of those two as golfers versus, you know, DJ and Rory. So mm -hmm. with all that said, this is kind of a stay away for me, but I'm hoping that there's some prop bets in there that maybe I can take if I absolutely had to bet it. You know, I'd probably take DJ and Rory at minus 230. I, I never like to give up odds like that, but I just got to think that 
knowing that all the national attention is on them, DJ mm-hmm. and Roy will actually, you know, come to play. And, you know, Matt Wolf is is an up-and-comer. He's good, but he peppers the ball all over the place sometimes. So I'll just go with the consistency. And I get that. The consistency makes sense. But as you said, giving up, you're, you're giving up a lot at minus 230 in that situation. As you said, it's it's an interesting situation. We don't know who's in what shape or how they're going to play or really what they've been doing this whole time, for lack of a better term. So I am curious. I mean, honestly, and again, you know, not putting too, too much money down, but I might go the other way just to first off bet against you, but which is obviously the wrong thing to do as we found out over the last couple of weeks, but really just from the standpoint that, you know, there is so much value on the other side with um, uh, Rory, I apologize, uh, Ricky Fowler and and Wolf um, that I feel like there's enough to kind of just hang out there and see what happens again, not putting hundreds of dollars down, but Never know, man. We'll see what happens. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about the the Peyton Manning, um, Tom Brady stuff coming up. That's the following weekend. It looks like Tiger and, and Manning are again minus 200. So looks like they're going to be getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the attention too. So we will definitely talk about that on Sirius. This I'll let you talk about it. I'm not going to talk too much about it. I'll let you talk about it on Sirius this weekend. We'll obviously get to it next time on the next couple live streams, which I'm excited about. But we do have our friend Nick here. I'm not going to say his last name because there's no need in me butchering it just as bad as Jason does. But let's bring him on in. Nick, buddy, how you doing today? What's up, guys? Um, You know, it's a fun Tuesday. Get to talk about football. That's kind of different than any other Tuesday I've had during the quarantine. So I'm excited for it. Uh, Poured a nice Guinness tonight. That is the beer sponsor of the night. So cheers to them. And yeah, looking forward to, to talking with you guys. It's good to be back on. Cheers to Guinness, but remember, no free ads. We're going to have to get That's them uh, to give us some money one of these yeah. days, sooner rather than later. But no, man, I'll, thank I'll you for- call my rep. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> you, man. Excited to get to talk about this. We brought Nick on. He is our uh, NFL aficionado, NFL expert, whatever we want to call him. We're going to be talking about MVP odds a little bit. We're going to be talking about Super Bowl odds. Of course, Nick is on Sirius with us occasionally over the weekends. Nick is also in the Discord chat. Oh, by the way, in case anyone out there is listening, Everything on Windaily is free right now. So just go and sign up for the Discord and just ask Nick, ask Sia what they're doing. Ask them how they are. Because, you know, they're kind of bored too in quarantine every once in a while when I'm not making them do stuff like this. So we do appreciate you guys. So I guess, um, Nick, let's let's throw it to you first. I mean, how, how are you feeling about the NFL season? Who are you looking at? What are you looking at? And what are you excited to talk about uh, a little bit tonight? So currently I am doing all my NFL season long projections, which is probably my favorite time of the year. And today I was kind of finishing up quarterbacks. I will tell you what the hardest guy in the world to project is Lamar Jackson to actually like statistically project him. Obviously he's going to be QB one or QB two in everybody's fantasy ranking. So we're no innovators there by putting him one or two, but just I, I was looking in the, I'm a big Vegas data type of guy and I was looking into Games that he played in when there was like a 48, 49, 50-point total, and he'd go off for, you know, 40 fantasy points. It's a huge day for anybody. And the, But then you go down to games where he's playing in like a 38, 39, 40-point total, and he'll still put up 40 points. Some days he'll obviously have his, uh, his floor games and everything. It's just there's no Vegas data that really goes into Lamar Jackson and when he's going to go off. So being like a – a sports book type of guy. Like I have no idea how the books project his, um, his rushing props. Like, I guess if I was a bookmaker, I would just put it at 75 yards and pray that I'm going to get a lot of balanced action, but doing a season long projection of him is just so damn hard. Uh, I kind of want to get your guys thoughts on that. Like if Sia does projections, how does he go about Lamar Jackson? That's just, that was my thought of the day is how hard it was to project him just because he's, you know, 
35% running back as he has a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it's just so damn hard, but it's fun. You know, that's why Absolutely. we're here and we have so much time to do it. Gives and us something I, to do, right? And I want Sia to, to, to grab that first because I know he's a huge fan of Josh Allen, also like 30 to 45% running back as well. So Sia, how, how do you feel about um, Lamar Jackson coming up this season? Wait a minute. Josh Allen isn't a running back. I well, thought he was okay, a running he's back. practically 50, 50, I guess at that point, that's a good point. Right. That's a good point. So, I mean, obviously I love Lamar Jackson, not exactly a hot take. I, I do think he's the number one quarterback in fantasy. Um, the, the thing about Baltimore that I really love, and, and you might know from Sirius that I like Baltimore's win total. I like them over 11 wins. It's largely because of their schedule. And that's kind of why I like Lamar Jackson so much. I mean, if we start, I mean, I'm just looking at the schedule now, Cleveland at home, then they're at Houston, Kansas city at home at Washington, Cincinnati at Philly. You know, there's not a lot of hard, the next couple of games are a little hard from a defensive standpoint. And then they end they end the season. This is sort of fantasy playoff time, but at Cleveland at home against Jacksonville and the New York Giants at home in the, in the Super Bowl game. But, Ooh. you know, I, I just love, you know, the middle of the season is a little tough, but man, you're going to get so much out of Lamar Jackson in the front end of the season if he stays healthy with what Nick said, with the rushing yards and with the passing yards. I actually like Marquise Brown to step up this year, maybe get a few more touches. You know, you have Mark Andrews, Duvernay from Texas, their rookie. He's awesome. They got a couple other receivers there. And then obviously they've got the, the running game. So, I, yeah, I love Lamar. I think he's going to, I mean, people are just going to grab him super early. I know, you know, getting a quarterback early is not necessarily the, the, the quote smart thing to do, but I'll tell you, you know, the last couple of years that I've been really successful, I haven't necessarily taken a quarterback early, but it's the quarterback that's actually like catapulted me to, you know, first place, whether that was Mahomes two years ago or Lamar Jackson last year. Yeah. And no, I, I, I grabbed, uh, I grabbed Patrick Mahomes too early a couple years ago. And, uh, as you guys can see over <laughs> here, this is me kissing my fantasy football trophy at my engagement shoot. So it was uh, very well worth it in my opinion. And, and I do agree with you there. I will say there has to be some regression involved with Lamar Jackson. I, to ha- have him do what he did again, I think is just going to be absolutely bananas, but maybe it's possible. I don't know, Nick, did you, anything in your findings that made it seem like that was something that could possibly be repeated if not built upon i have him as regression but i mean what does regression mean with the season that he had he's still going to be qb1 if i take 15 percent of his production off the board but you know drafting of jk dobbins and and i they're such a run heavy team that defense is so good they got another steal in the draft this year drafting defense first they just always seem to do that and they're always a stifling defense so I, I just don't see teams scoring a lot on them. So it's like, how much are they actually going to need Lamar Jackson if this team is better than they were last year? I personally believe they are. And, but yeah, I mean, he's still, I have him right now as number one. It was very close with Mahomes, but just the rushing yards of Lamar Jackson. And I think I had him for like four and a half rushing touchdowns, which is probably criminally low, but that's just value. You cannot get elsewhere. So like Sia was saying, you know, drafting quarterback early is quote-unquote bad in the industry but if you're getting a half running back too and they're like is it bad because we all reach for running backs early because we need that staple and that touchdown equity Lamar Jackson he's just a beast so that was kind of my thought of the day I I found it just so hard to project him because last year I didn't know what to expect with him I didn't think he was going to be that good I thought he impressed me as a passer and like Sia said Hollywood Brown man he's climbing up my receiver board too because he was hurt last year I think he had like a some sort of pin in his foot or something that dude still flew. So imagine him just assuming he's rehabbing and and getting healthy. Like he's going to have a huge year as well. Mark Andrews, that that team's just going to be fun to watch, but it's more so of, I was trying to project totals for, I go through their whole schedule, try to project a total and try to figure out a game 
script or whatever, you know, for that type of game. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I do my projections game by game. And obviously, as we get closer to the season, we see how teams play. I could just adjust them every week and that adjust the total. So it's pretty cool how we got it set up. But it's just I don't see teams scoring on Baltimore that much. So that's kind of where a big factor of the regression came from. And mm-hmm. then obviously they, they drafted a running back because they want other people to run the ball than their star quarterback. Yeah. And, and that's really interesting. I'm excited for that article to come out for you to explain us, how, you, how, how explain to us how you do that. And also, by the way, Nick just had a fantastic article come out. It's on the site. As I said, everything's free. Just go sign up for it. You can get it all. You can get the discord chat, chat with Nick and ask him how he comes up with this Bible, as he likes to call it for uh, his DFS strategy. And I think, you know, first I do want to say, see ya. Over, under, or no, I apologize. Who has more rushing touchdowns, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen? Uh, I'll go Lamar Jackson there. Okay. So it has to be over four and a half. I'm assuming Josh Allen gets at least like 17, 18 rushing touchdowns, right? Something like that. I mean, for that big of a running back, it's absolutely <laughs> a possibility. But I think, you know, this is just a great point to just kind of hop into those MVP odds. Um, so from DraftKings, obviously, our, our good friends, there'll be a link in the show notes that everyone can go to to go check that out, get, get our nice little... Uh, get our nice, nice little code, get our, uh, our our link and maybe grab yourself an extra 500 bucks there. But just right off the top, I mean, we have Patrick Mahomes at plus 400, Lamar Jackson, as we've been talking about, plus 600, Russell Wilson, plus seven, Dak Prescott, plus 1200, Brady, as I said before, plus 16. Just a couple interesting ones I wanted to throw in there. Breeze and Watson, plus 2,500. Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray, both plus 3,000. And this one, I put it in here more of a joke, but Aaron Rodgers and Baker Mayfield have the exact same odds at 3300 plus 3300 is that it's just so confusing to me i'll throw it to you see is that the vegas not believing in aaron Rodgers, or are they just trying to hype up baker mayfield again i mean two years ago it made sense or last year but this year to have them both have the same odds makes no sense to me first of all i didn't know matt lafleur was setting odds so that's interesting <laughs> um, well jordan love his odds would be incredible what are you talking about yeah, I know. That's funny. Uh, you know, I think Baker Mayfield probably gets a lot of public love too. I know Cleveland's not a public market, but I, you know, with the weapons that he has, I think people are just, it's one of those like money pit things where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Baker's got to show up at some point. So I think that might be where it is. But but I talked about this last weekend on Sirius with drafting of AJ Dillon and knowing that they have Williams and Aaron Jones, this is going to be more of a running team than you've probably ever seen. I don't know if like in, in part of the reason I'll say that drew Brees is 25 to one, which is interesting. I think there's some value in both Brees and Deshaun Watson there, but part of the reason he's there is because they sort of shifted to a running team a couple of years ago as well with Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Rogers has really the upside to get that MVP, particularly mm-hmm. in, in, you know, what, frankly, I think green Bay's slightly watered down relative to what their record was last year. So I don't really see the value there, but to your point, the fact that Baker is on the same plateau as Rogers is, um, uh, it makes me sad. <laughs> it's, it's something you say Cleveland's not a, uh, a public team. I think they're one of the most public teams because they're just so bad. We're all kind of always just feeling, we're just feeling for them every once in a while. But Nick of that list of players, was there anyone that jumped out to you there? Any, uh, anything that you saw that kind of caught your eye? No, it's certainly Rodgers. I mean, it it blew my mind. I know he's getting old and everything, but we talked about it on the draft show. Like the Packers should, if they had a different draft, I guess. But let's say that that team's still very competitive, and I think they're the favorites to win the NFC North. If they win the NFC North and can find a way to get to the Super Bowl, and I know that's supposedly not supposed to matter for the MVP award, but they we 
as you saw here in our notes, they it's uh, what three running backs in the last 20 years. Mostly it's always a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So I just think if the Packers go far and he has just a huge year, kind of stick it to the Packers type of thing. Like I would never want to wake a demon in uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's Mm going to, I, I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He made so many sharp throws last year. He could still scramble. So if he stays healthy and that team could go far for 33 to 1 odds on Aaron Rodgers, like why would you not put 50 to 100 bucks on that and win yourself a couple thousand? It just seems like that's where the value is. You could obviously put a lot more on Mahomes or Lamar Jackson and still find a way to to kind of hedge out if you only made three bets. But I think I would do Mahomes at 4 to 1 just because that's still pretty good odds mm-hmm. for probably the best player in the NFL. And then put you know fifty to hundred bucks on Rodgers, win a couple thousand, like I said. And then the other one I like a lot is more of a dart throw. It's uh, my boy Phil Rivers, who I personally don't like as a player very much. I hate the way he throws, but I just think this is a perfect situation for him. If if the Colts go far, they have such a great defense. And it, what I was looking at other MVP winning quarterbacks here, like Tom Brady in two thousand seventeen, he threw for forty five hundred yards. 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions. If Rivers can protect the ball, he's thrown for over 30 touchdowns many times, and he's always a staple for 4,500 yards. So I think if that Colts team has a hell of a season, I think that Rivers is going to have the numbers to put himself in the MVP conversation. It all just depends on what Lamar Jackson and Mahomes do because it's probably their award to lose. Let's put it Mm -hmm. that way. But at 60-1 to odds, I will definitely take Phil Rivers, who's finally on a winning team in my opinion, should be the winning team. I think they're the favorite in that division. But those are my two. I don't really like playing the favorites that much. Russell Wilson, I, if you guys want to talk about the stat that you put on this sheet. I, Isn't it incredible? It's morning. That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How? He has never gotten a single vote for MVP. And and last year, the, the craziest thing to me was, I mean, towards, I mean, like week 12, it was still kind of like, all right, is it is it Mahomes? Or I apologize. Is it Jackson? Is it Wilson? Russell Wilson's having all his magic. He wins that game um, at the Rams or, or in Seattle where Greg Zerline misses like a 30-yard field goal or whatever it ends up being. And it's like, all right, you know, Russell Wilson's got it. He had all those crazy throws, crazy plays. He has never received a single vote for MVP, which is just absolutely insane to me. Um, just a couple other notes. As you said, three running backs in the last 20 years have won. Every single other one has been quarterbacks. Uh, just a couple here that, that were very interesting to me. Nine players have won it more than one time. Three players have ever repeat uh, repeated. It happened four times. Peyton did it twice. So that's kind of talking about Mahomes and Jackson, uh, talking about Brady a little bit. Rogers, Brady, they both have won uh, multiple. And uh, MVP has never, uh, Russell Wilson's never received MVP vote. And Manning, Peyton Manning is the only player to ever win the MVP for two teams. Um, so Tom Brady could potentially be the second to do that. But Sia, how are, how are you looking? Who, who's someone that you're, you're, you know, kind of high on who's someone that's kind of in the middle and, and who are you throwing some darts at a dartboard or in Philip Rivers case, throwing a shot put down a shot put hill or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, a lot of times when I'm considering MVP odds, I actually look at the the Super Bowl odds and I'm, and I'm trying, and I almost like try mm-hmm. to see where the better value is. And I'll give you an example. So Deshaun Watson at 25 to one, I actually don't love um, 25. I don't hate it either. I don't love 25 to one. But if you if you remember me telling you the other day, and I, I understand how much of a dart throw this is, but the the Texans to win the Super Bowl are 50 to one. 
So I'd almost rather just get double the odds and take the 50 to one on the Texans and start hedging basically in round one or two of the playoffs if they get that far, rather than take the Deshaun Watson at 25 to one. Because obviously if Deshaun Watson is an MVP candidate, they're headed to the playoffs. I know I can start hedging my my 50 to one bet. So mm-hmm. when I'm looking at, you know, that sort of scenario, I'll look at, I'll just jump to the uh, Super Bowl odds. So I don't, you know, as far as, but to answer your question, as far as the actual quarterbacks, I like what Nick said with like maybe putting like a safety play on like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and then finding one or two bets at the guys with longer odds. Those one or two bets would probably be Brady would be one of them just because it might be his going out party, maybe. And, it you know, I think voters might just want to kind of like give him something, even if he doesn't deserve it. I think mm-hmm. 16 to one is actually like pretty decent odds there. And then the other one would probably I probably agree with Aaron Rodgers at, at 33 to one. I don't think he can do it, but 33 to one is, is good enough value for me to throw a few bucks down on mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think again, you know, with with the odds, I really like your your strategy of kind of looking at the Super Bowl odds because whoever wins MVP, it's it's nine times out of ten, it's best player on the best team, right? Unless someone just has a spectacular season coming out of nowhere, doesn't it's usually just the quarterback on the best team as long as their statistics are copacetic, I guess, for lack of a better term. As long as people can say, all right, yeah, I guess he deserves to win it. They were the best team, so it's always interesting to me. I mean. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. I do think with him getting hurt last year, that didn't help. I don't think, I think Lamar Jackson is going to get some regression. Nick, you made a great point. If you take 15% of his productivity away, he's still QB one uh, from last year, which is just an insane number when you think about it. But considering Patrick Mahomes threw for what, 5,000 and 50 touchdowns a couple years ago, if he comes close to that again, I think it's going to be his. So that's kind of a, a boring pick, I guess. I do think, you know, the NFC East quarterbacks, as much as the NFC East sucks, um, they get a lot of publicity. Dak Prescott at 12 to 1 plus 1200. He has an incredible uh, receiving core. He's got one of the best running backs in the game. Top five, in my opinion, if if not top three, he's going to have the offense. The numbers are going to be there. I mean, he threw for an cred- incredible amount of yards last year. They just were terrible in game they, they made no sense they'll drop 45 points on the rams and then they'll score what nine points against the patriots or whatever they just never made any sense to me so i think he has some some pretty good odds there and then one that's really fun for me drew lock plus seven thousand seventy to one odds i think again just what they did on offense for him if they can just sure up that offensive line a little bit and he's not just getting hammered the whole time i think that's going to be a really fun one to kind of watch during the season. Cause as we've seen a lot of the times it's that second year, either it's the sophomore slump or it's a sophomore bump. It seems like that's just kind of how it happens. Patrick Mahomes. I know he didn't play his, uh, his rookie year, but he comes in his second year, lights it up. Lamar Jackson, decent. His rookie year comes in his second year, lights it up. So that's always an interesting play for me. I always kind of like looking at those. So it's very interesting. How do you guys feel about maybe uh, uh Dak Prescott or Drew Locke? Uh, see, we'll start with you. Uh, I mean, I don't like Drew Locke as an MVP candidate because I just don't know how much they're going to unleash him. I do like the Broncos in general for all the reasons you were alluding to. So many offensive weapons. It's it's kind of ridiculous. You, you might recall, I like their over of seven mm-hmm. and a half, their win total. You know, after looking at the schedule, I don't love it quite as much because their schedule is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I'm a big Drew Locke fan. I I, I said before that like I kind of missed on Drew Locke and I guess a lot of other people did too because I didn't think he was particularly talented. The jury is still out on that one. Don't get me wrong but I just love how he is in the pocket. I love his confidence. Nick, what, what do you got on that? Yeah, I was dead wrong. Andrew Locke. I thought he'd just turn out after two or three starts, but yeah, he sits in the pocket. Well, climbs the pocket. That's something I love to see out of young quarterbacks is climbing the pocket and not like being, you know, Mitch Trubisky. The second you get pressure, you just take off. 
But I mean, here at Win Daily, I feel like we are the 2020 Broncos bandwagon here. I love it. We're always <laughs> talking about them, but I don't know if Drew Lockett did be an MVP. But if that team could win some games, it's the same. It's the Phil Rivers aspect. Like the, it's got to go somewhere. So he's got to have a big year for that team to be very good because I don't think their defense is going to be as good as we've seen in years past. But Fangio is going to have a good scheme every single week, so you can never write them out. They're going to be a tough team to beat. But, yeah, their schedule's tough, and it's kind of like what Sia was saying. I'd rather just play their Super Bowl odds than than to take a flyer on Drew Locke. I think as low as I'm getting would be Phil Rivers. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I had there. Dak Prescott, great bet. I just don't know. He's, he should have a great year. I just think the ball's going to be spread around so much. Zeke's still going to get his, but 12-1. to 1, I mean, we all thought that Dak's pro- – I think Dak was QB6 on my model, which is probably pretty low compared to the field here, but – they have all the weapons for Dak to have a huge year and he rushes the ball too. So if he's, and he's always healthy, that offensive line's so good. I know Frederick retired and, and that's kind of why I don't like Dak as much compared to the field, but at 12 to one, that that's very good odds. You could definitely take a flyer on that too. And it's not really a flyer. It's a pretty good educated bet with what they did this off season. It's so the, keep going. I was going to say the, the cool thing about Dak, sort of the unknown and the reason why this has so much unknown upside is because the coaching change, right? I mean, I know yeah. they have the same offensive coordinator, which is a little bit of surprise to me, but I, you know, I really think maybe they could take advantage of Dak a little bit more with a, with a different coaching regime. And so he definitely has the upside to do, you know, I mean, last year it was just kind of a, a weird offense. And so I, I think uh, with another year under the offensive coordinator's belt and a new coach, he definitely has the upside there. Yeah, and yeah, I I'm think a, oh sorry. Uh, no, no, I was just going to say with the Cowboys you're always getting public perception too. They, you know, no one really believes they're America's team except Cowboys fans. I always think that's kind of <laughs> funny, but you, they're going to get on TV. They're literally and Troy Aikman and Joe Buck have it seems like every single one of their games. So if they're in it in any capacity, I think that's going to be a huge bump to him as well. What are you going to say, Nick? Yeah, great point there. See, uh, with the new coaching staff, I mean, Mike McCarthy, he's had an MVP winning quarterback before, so maybe he could spark some magic again. It's it's worth the odds right there. I'd rather play Dak Prescott to win MVP than the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. So it's kind of the, the same idea of Sia, just the other side of it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. 100%. I do love that. And then I guess let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. We talked about MVP odds. Um, talking about the Super Bowl a little bit, I'll just kind of go over some of the top ones here. We have the Chiefs at plus 400, so essentially exactly what Mahomes got. The Ravens at plus 7, which is essentially what Jackson got. Uh, the Niners at plus 1,000. Jimmy Garoppolo was nowhere to be found in those MVP odds. Bucks at 12 plus 12. Saints at 14 to 1. Cowboys 18 to 1. Eagles 20 to 1. And Patriots 22 to 1 plus 2,200. What kind of jumps at you guys? Uh, uh, what kind of jumps out you, at you there, Nick? Uh, some of those some of those numbers just sound weird to me. Yeah, the Patriots just seeing Belichick 22 to 1 is just wild, but I guess it's it's the Brady factor there, needless to say. And see, like that number seems super high to me, though, personally. That's the crazy part. Yeah, no, very high. That's what I'm right? saying. Like, Be- Belichick is a 22 to 1. Like, when's the last time that's happened in his career? Probably since, you know, maybe the Matt Castle year, mm-hmm. but Brady got hurt in the season, didn't he? So, their mm-hmm. preseason odds would have been very, very low or high odds to win, let's say. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the Eagles a ton. I think that team is going to be so strong. I love that they uh, got Jalen Hurts because I think his role, it's not going to be to really play quarterback, but I was saying on the draft show, I think they're going to go back to that RPO that they ran so often in the red zone, and that's how um, Wentz ended up tearing his ACL. I think with, that was in L.A. maybe mm-hmm. against the Rams. But I think that that team's going to score a lot of points. That secondary was so bad last year. 
So hopefully they they adjust that. Uh, they got pretty good towards the end of the year, actually. I know everybody was stacking against Philly, and they really um, buttoned up the defense there at the end of the year. But 20 to 1 odds on a, on a coaching staff that knows how to get it done. Wentz is healthy, and that offense should be all right. I just, you know, Elshon Jeffrey is he their wide receiver one. That guy may play six games. So that's what I don't necessarily like, but I trust the coaching staff here. That would be my bet. It's not necessarily the Eagles. It's just the Eagles coaching staff that I would back at 20 to one, because if I lose it, you know, whatever. But if you put 10 bucks to win 200, you know, that's worth the risk in my opinion, worth the watch. And then you could adjust towards the end of the year. And then the Niners, I think that they're my favorite team. I just love, not my favorite team, but my favorite bet there at 10 to one. I just love Kyle Shanahan. I just I think that every single him blowing that lead probably eats at him every single night. That dude's just a gamer. We see that in Tom Brady. We see it in his eyes when he runs on the field. I see that in Shanahan as a coach. I just love that. So I'll take them in that defense at 10 to one for sure. And it's the fact that they didn't really lose anybody. They lose to Forrest Buckner, but they can, they immediately replace him um, with Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. They yep. they trade away their starting running back in Matt Breida, and they're like, yeah, we'll take a fifth-round draft pick for you. It doesn't matter. We Kyle Shanahan does not care about running backs. They all work in a system. So I, I agree with you, man. That That is one of my favorites as well, just considering, you know, it's very difficult for a team to come back after losing a Super Bowl, but at the same time, they didn't really lose anybody like we saw with the Rams a couple years ago. We've, we've been talking about it a little bit. The Rams were decimated by offseason moves. 49ers didn't really lose too many people. So I think that, that part's pretty important as well. See ya. What, uh, what stands out to you on that uh, on the uh, Super Bowl odds? So I like the Niners. I, I like them more now that the schedule is out rather than listen. We all knew who each team was playing, you know, as of a couple months ago. But when you when you get to look at the schedule and you get to see when teams are playing, it, it actually sort of helps you sort of map out how mm-hmm. good a team is going to do. So if you look at San Francisco's schedule, and again, I didn't love their Super Bowl odds in the beginning before the schedule was out because I just think the NFC is so much more competitive. It's so much more top-heavy than the um, the AFC. I think in the AFC, you have two to four teams. In the NFC, I think you have six to eight teams that could really potentially make a Super Bowl run. But let's look at San Francisco's schedule. They start out with Arizona, but it's, it's at San Francisco. Then the Jets, the Giants, Philly, which could be hard, the um the Miami Dolphins and the Rams like that's their first six games I mean they should they could be six and oh there but you know probably five and one the middle of their schedule gets hard and then the end of the schedule gets really easy again so it like as competitive as the NFC might be San Francisco is a lock to make the playoffs and knowing the Kyle Shanahan factor is huge I think you know I said this last week uh Michael when we were talking Kyle Shanahan's the second best coach in the NFL. If we put if we put Belichick sort of in his own in his own camp, which I think he sort of deserves, even if his mind might not be as sophisticated as Kyle's, mm-hmm. I think Kyle is such a good coach. He's so good with the offense. They have all the tools on defense. They have all the tools on offense. And even when they don't have the tools on offense, Kyle Shanahan can turn them into very relevant pieces. So no, I, I like San Francisco at ten to one. I don't love it because I think the NFC is so competitive. If I was gonna like really try to dig for value. I like the Eagles, but I also like the Cowboys, which is Mm -hmm. a little counterintuitive because they're in the same division, but I think they both make the playoffs. And therefore, if they're in the playoffs at 18 to one and at 20 to one, I think I I like both of their odds. I think both of those offenses are going to be very good. The Cowboys offense is going to be better, but the Eagles make up for it on the defensive end. So both of those teams in the playoffs with the Niners, I like all three of their odds. I completely agree. I mean, you, you say it's counterintuitive, but at the same time, the Eagles and Cowboys, essentially, if they just split with each other, 
they each go five and one in the division. I don't see them, either of them losing to the Cal- uh, to the Giants. I don't see either of them losing to the Redskins. Uh, I know you like the Redskins defensive line, but I don't think the rest of the team is capable of really holding up at this point. I mean, I know, Nick, you love having uh, Scary Terry against Ronald Darby, if I'm not mistaken, a little bit last yeah, year. Not but on the same team, though. Yeah, I was just about to say, but now Ronald Darby, <laughs> is uh, he's going to be a shell of himself now in, in Washington. So it's definitely going to be exciting to see. I mean, I think, you know, again, 49ers at, at 10 to 1 are, is great. Eagles 20 to one. I think it's fantastic. You guys got to talk to me. We, we got a couple, um, I guess some, uh, some more darts or shot puts as we like to say, Nick, uh, I see you have the culture to you, man. What is with you and the Colts? I just kind of know. What is it? I guess. I don't know. It's just Seriously. Every, everything I'm doing in the projection. Model, I have them just winning so many games. I think I had them for 10 wins. I, I love that defense. I love, um, Frank Reich. I, man, I, I don't know. I just think that team is loaded. If, if, when T.Y. Hilton misses games, I think that Pittman's going to be ready to go. Like it's going to take him a couple games. I wouldn't reach on him in your uh, your season long drafts or play him week one, week two of DFS. That team is just so deep, and I'm usually not you know for fantasy football we don't really need depth, but in real football you need a ton of it. Guys get hurt all the time, and it's just more so the coaching staff again. They know how to win. Reich knows how to win, and that defense is just so stingy that they're my favorite bet at, at what are they twenty eight to one. So, in my opinion, I look at it this way. Sorry if you can hear the train in the background. It's just rolling through real quick. But if Mahomes or Lamar Jackson get hurt, we saw Mahomes get hurt last year, and Lamar Jackson, I don't know how he didn't get hurt with how much he runs. Like, that whole conference is up for grabs. So, that's kind of the way I look at it. If I'm going to get 28-1 to on what I think is the fourth or fifth best – I can't talk right now – best team in the AFC – I'm going to take that value right now because I think that's the best number you're going to get on the Colts. It's betting it early. And then if you want to bet some other teams, I kind of would just, you know, maybe the Eagles start 0-2 or something like that. But San Fran as well, I think that's the best number you're going to get on them. So those are my two favorites right there, San Fran and Indy, just because I like playing long shots more than I like playing favorites. It's a little more so, fun that way. Anyway, keep yeah. going, Skia. So, Michael, did you notice that? So Nick just couldn't catch up with his words because he's just so struck by the Indianapolis Colts. It's like, you know, when we see this beautiful girl and we're like, we just can't get the words out of her mouth. Like he has like the absolute team Mm -hmm. crush on the Colts. So I I just want to say like, and we, you know, we've talked about this before. I like the Houston Texans at 50 to one for some of the same reasons that Nick just set out with respect to the AFC. So listen, I agree that Indianapolis just as a team as a whole is better than the Houston Texans. What they don't have is Deshaun Watson. Again, quarterback driven league. I, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins isn't there anymore. They do have weapons at receiver if they stay healthy. Don't forget Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, the all injured team. I get it. And then of course they they have a couple other guys too. Don't get me wrong, but you know, we'll see what happens with David Johnson. But the point is at 50 to one in an AFC where, you know, you could have an injury to Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, like Patrick had last year. And all the other teams are sort of in the same camp. Maybe you could vault Pittsburgh ahead of like maybe the Colts and the Texans. But listen, this Texans team is the same one that had a 24 nothing lead on the on the Super Bowl champions last year in the playoffs. So it's not impossible or it's it's not like it's just a ridiculous notion to think, hey, this team could also maybe go on a run. And again, at 50 to one, you can start hedging your bet once the playoffs start. It's Deshaun Watson is incredible. Uh, You know, we have here in the comments, you know, Deshaun Watson at 28 to one to win the MVP. I mean, again, you lose DeAndre Hopkins and that he, he doesn't let the ball drop. If it comes anywhere near him, it's a catch. It's almost automatic. So it's incredible. But I do think again, Losing your number one receiver is going to be hard. As you already put it, the all injured wide receiving core, not even a question. They're 
it's it's not when will fuller gets hurt is it's you know at what step does his hamstring finally say you know what i'm good for this season that's just kind of what it is with him week three because i always draft him i always get him super late and he's incredible and then he just falls off or he does nothing he blows up everyone picks him up and he goes down the next week it's kind of just it's just the specific timing with him i think and brandon cook same thing i mean it's it's unfortunate but what week does his head decide you know this is the week i'm gonna get concussed it's it's unfortunately but it that's just kind of the way it's been with him recently and so i don't know i i like i love watching him play i don't know what's gonna happen there it's it's interesting to me and nick you bring up the point about the the colts they're both Ironically enough, I don't know, the, the Texans and the Colts are obviously in the same division. Doesn't hurt that the Jags and the Titans are in the division. I don't think the Titans are going to do what they did last year. I think the Jaguars are going to be terrible again because it's just what they do. Yep. But the AFC is wide open. You know, after after those top two teams, the Patriots aren't the Patriots, so we at least have to see what happens there. And I think, you know, the Colts were on an absolute tear in the first half of last year. Their entire team gets hurt. Marlon Mack gets hurt. He, they can't run the ball anymore. Jacoby Brissett becomes very pedestrian. You know, maybe a slight upgrade to Philip Rivers, maybe a slight upgrade with Jonathan Taylor tailback, and and we'll see what happens there. But I like both of them. And, and you know, Nick, I'm making fun of you because you keep picking the Colts, but you know, I kind of threw in the Broncos again just because I thought it was oh, funny. Oh, you know, if if Drew Locke does what I think he could potentially do, again, because the AFC is so wide open, because we get that extra playoff spot, I would not be surprised if if someone gets hot at the right time. I mean, that's kind of what the playoffs are. Who's hottest? at the right time we've seen that multiple times we saw that with the packers a few years ago the giants a few years ago the eagles a few years ago so it's really just who's hottest and you know at that point you know if they're one of the teams that can get hot at the right spot you just never know and if you have a quarterback playing at a very high level anything's a possibility at that point so so two things about that one is the broncos won four out of their last five games at the end of the season last year and two part of the reason they had such a poor start is because joe flacco was starting Mm -hmm. for that team so all of a sudden, Drew Locke gets put in. They, they win a bunch of games at the end of the season. Now he has a whole offseason under his belt to gain even more confidence than we know he already has. They pick up Melvin Gordon. I believe they picked up some offensive line mm-hmm. help. They did. They drafted two amazing receivers in the draft to, to pair with uh, Cortland Sutton. I mean, they have all – and, of course, they have Philip Lindsay, who I just think is constantly disrespected, but I think he's a really good player. So they have all the tools, and they you know, have a decent enough defense, especially on the edge with Chubb and uh, – and Von Miller like that, they're going to get a pass rush. You know, this the, the, it's it's not out of the question for the Broncos to sneak in the playoffs and at least win a couple games. That is not mm-hmm. out of the question. Absolutely. I don't think so. Nick, how do you feel about it? We're the 2020 Broncos bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's kind of just how I look. I like taking these long shots because if if the Chiefs are getting hot and anything, just, just bet them to cover those games or bet the money line. You can kind of make that money back that you faded early on late if you're you're – High odd teams just don't do anything. If the Colts don't do much for me, you're going to probably see me betting a lot on the Ravens and the Chiefs in the right spots. I'm not going to force it or anything, but that's kind of how I go about it. Is you can, you know, your preseason bets are never necessarily dead because you just adjust later on in the year. And I that's, love it. I mean, if you wanted to take a, a flyer on the Broncos, I still don't think that team will be that good. I just think they'll be fun to watch. And like Sia said, they got hot at the end of last year. Drew Lock kind of learned how to win with a team and now he's got three amazing receivers and Noah Font. Let's, let's talk about mm-hmm. him a little bit. Like he's going to be a playmaker as well. I just, it's when they lost Chris Harris, my heart was broke because he's my favorite cornerback in the NFL. But again, I trust Fangio in that defensive scheme. And if, if again, it all goes down to if Mahomes or Lamar Jackson get hurt, that whole conference is up for grabs and you might as well take some 10 to one or higher shots on some teams that you like. And I think one thing that, 
we we're gonna it's we're not gonna get used to it until it happens but that seventh playoff team i mean last year it would have been the eight and eight steelers in the afc it would have been the nine and seven uh rams in the nfc and just like again it's just just get in you never know what can happen football is such a weird sport you can just have a good you can have a good matchup you can just have things fall your way just weird fumble luck i mean the the ravens what they did to the titans last year lamar jackson put up like 500 yards offense they just had three turnovers and then they were just weird turnovers that they didn't make all year and all of a sudden now they're down 10 or 14 points whatever it was and they could just never climb out of that hole and I, it, you know, hand up if it was you, but did, did any, either of you guys think that the Ravens were worse than the Titans, even while watching that game outside of those turnovers? I didn't, you know, I don't know. It was just, it was just a weird game, but I don't know, man, I'm excited for it. And so Nick, we really appreciate you hopping on with us tonight. Thank you so much again. Make sure to go to the discord, get, get in Nick's ear, ask him some questions about football, about MLB, what he's doing, how he's liking his Guinness tonight. That's very, very important. It looks like he's let it sit a little while. So no. it really did. He, he No. Well, no, I mean, like it's, it's probably at the perfect to end. That is the way we're going to end it with Nick. Nick, yeah. we appreciate you. Nick, where can everyone find you on the internet? It is uh, at sticks picks S T I X P I C K S. And yeah, like uh, Michael said there, anytime, just add me on discord, add me on Twitter. I'm always happy to help right now, especially when I'm doing my season long stuff. If you're doing some best ball drafts or anything that's football related, I would love to help you out if you need some help. Or if you like a player that maybe I'm not necessarily touting, let me know. Let me know why I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. Cause as you all know, we got a lot of free time right now, but thanks for having me boys. I really enjoy it. We'll do this often, hopefully for the next couple of months and get ready for football and look for our projections for season long to be out maybe the end of this week, if not for sure, the end of next. So I'm excited to get Perfect. those out to you guys. And one last and, thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, go. I was going to say, Nick, I think we might hear you on a uh, Sirius XM radio mm-hmm. fantasy sports channel this weekend as well. Absolutely. I'm here all weekend. I'm excited to talk football. Hopefully some baseball too. I know uh, today the MLB PA is not happy with the owner. So I don't know. That's, that's the latest I got from my guys on the inside, but hopefully they can figure it out because we need some sports to be watching. We'll right see. Now. I even watched UFC last weekend and I don't even like that. So. <laughs> <But that's laughs> yeah, me, I me neither. But again, Nick's got a great article out there on NFL DFS, how he consistently, I think is a good word we're going to use makes money. So Nick, we appreciate your time today, brother. Look forward to you on, uh, on this weekend. And honestly, we'll probably have you on every week coming up. Why not? You're yeah, awesome. Love it. love it. Take care guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Thanks, you, man. Nick. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you to Nick for hanging out with us for a little bit there. I think that's great. He's uh, such a smart dude. Really do appreciate his insight on all this stuff. I can't wait this year. This is the first time I'm going to get to hang out with Nick and get to pick his brain a little bit on what's going on in uh, fantasy football. So maybe, cross my fingers, I'm going to be able to bring home one of those trophies or maybe a takedown or two. How's that sound to you? So listen, I, I can tell you from my own experience being around some ESPN guys and some CBS guys who are, who are all really great at what they do, Nick's knowledge base and his analysis is absolutely next level. I mean, it truly mm-hmm. is. I like to think, you know, mine is as well, but you know, I, I hear Nick and I all of a sudden think to myself, well, I think I need to step up my game a little bit. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I honestly can't sincerely think that about Nick, that like, if you actually hit him up on, on Wendell's discord channel, or you hit him up at six picks on Twitter, or you just, you know, digest his, his Bible or, you know, whatever he, and it's really thought out. He doesn't just, you know, kind of throw something at a dartboard and hope it's right. It is really well thought out. So I'm so excited to be working with him this year. 
It really is. I got to read that article before we put it down and I was just like, oh my gosh, I might just keep this one for myself um, and just forget to uh, to let that one get posted. But no, we're, it's out there. So definitely check it out. I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. So everyone can check that out. So last thing I want to talk about, or we want to talk about a little bit, you know, Nick brought it up. Definitely excited. I mean, the MLB 82 game season potential, uh, it got, you know, as Nick was saying, the MLB PA came out with something, the the owners agreed to it. I don't really understand why everyone's so angry, in my opinion. Maybe you can help out with the, the legalese a little bit. I don't know how deep you dove into it, but just a couple of things. I mean, they're looking at a 50-50 revenue split, which is unprecedented in, in major sports. I don't think anywhere is a 50-50 split. The owners normally have at least a couple percentage points on that side. In terms of teams that will play each other, the East teams will play the East team. So we'll still have the A on the NL, uh, which is, is definitely something, but we're going to have the East teams the AL East play the NL East, the AL Central, NL Central, and obviously the West versus West. They're going to expand the playoffs a little bit to a 14-team playoff with four wild card teams from each league, which would be pretty fun. Uh, home park, if governments allow it. If not, there's going to be spring training. There's going to be neutral sites. We already know California, if I'm not mistaken, Washington have already come down and said, hey, no one's hanging out here until at least September, which, I mean, I'm not in the government. Seems kind of weird to do something six months out, but Hey, you got to be safe. I understand what's going on there. Active rosters go up to 30, most likely a DH in the NL. Uh, I mean, how do you, how much do you care about baseball? I guess, and, and what does this sound like to you moving forward? If this is going to be feasible uh, for the MLB to do something like this? So first of all, um, I, my best sports betting is in major league baseball, like my, my most profitable sport. And it's a little ironic because I really invest more, way more time in the NFL mm -hmm. and golf, but I really am successful in major league baseball. So I've sort of been itching for it to come back. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'm excited about what this is. And as far as feasibility, I think it's super feasible. You know, th there are some localities and some cities that just, you know, don't want to have the, I guess the, mm -hmm. the mental burden or the weight of potentially having, you know, people congregate on these terms. Honestly, I think just like you said, you know, to, to, to bar something that's three or four months out is, is maybe not the best play. We have to understand what we're dealing with here. Just from mm -hmm. a feasibility standpoint, we are dealing with major league baseball players or in the case of the NBA basketball players who frankly don't fit the demographic of people who are really super affected by this um, this pandemic. So I think everybody's taking a safe approach. Everybody knows to the extent these athletes are, are getting something, they can just sort of take themselves out of the scenario. They can get over it in a couple of weeks. And, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, I hate to sound flippant about it, but the statistics actually bear it out. If you actually look at the statistics mm -hmm. in terms of the age ranges that are affected by this, it's generally 65 and up and 55 and up, but 54 and below, they're really not getting affected as much. So I, I really think this is feasible for all sports, as long as you take the proper precautions, particularly with that compromised age class, which you might find some coaches in there as well. Yes, absolutely. Coaches, um, umpires, obviously there's TV crew. There's, there's a lot of cameramen, you know, there's, there's a lot of other people involved with this, of course, but you, you said it, I mean, there was, there was a, a, st a study done in the MLB where they tested. And I just want to make sure I have my numbers correct. They tested 5,754 people with in the MLB in some way, shape or form. I apologize. They completed uh, real tests were 5603 and 0.07 no 0.7% of those tests came up positive with antibodies from covid or positive with covid which is an astronomically low number especially with that big of a sample size so you know if again if it can be done comfortably if it can be done as you said certain localities it's going to be difficult 
New York City, for example, LA, for example, it's going to be very, very difficult to do it in these situations in these places. And I understand that. But in other cities, you know, I don't, Milwaukee, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know how bad Milwaukee's been hit by this, but I, I have to assume it's nothing like it is in LA or in New York City, you know? So the, just the opportunity for some of these places to get baseball back, get us back on track. As I said before, they, the capabilities of doing spring training um, locations capability of doing neutral sites, potentially going to college ballparks in smaller places around the country. It's just, there's enough opportunity there. And I just want to talk about baseball. I'm just so excited for it to come back in any capacity at this point. Well, that's, and that's the thing in any capacity. So a lot of people, when they address things like, for example, the UFC who came up, the UFC guy mm -hmm. who came up positive last Saturday, you know, I think a lot of people and I, you know, Jason included, Jason Mizrahi included, you know, you see something happen and you're like, oh, we have to put it in. This wasn't his opinion. This is what he was afraid of. But you see something happen with that, with respect to that. And you're like, oh, everything gets canceled. We, we mm -hmm. need to understand that when it comes to even these things like pandemics, there is a middle ground. There is mm -hmm. a solution. Now, the solution doesn't mean it's like the best thing ever. You know, in any sort of compromise, when you're searching for a solution, obviously, you're going to have to give up some things. You might have to leave the coach at home. You might have to leave some of the TV crew at home. But you can figure out a way to make it happen in this sort of middle ground gray area. Mm -hmm. And I believe you can make that happen in the NHL in the NFL, in the NBA, in Major League Baseball, in golf, in UFC, in soccer, in every other sport, as long as you understand that it's not an all or nothing approach, this is something that can be done, should be done, and will be done. I think it will be done 100%. And uh, I mean, just, just the NHL, for instance, they were talking about doing some games in very remote places like North Dakota, in a state that some people don't even think actually exists, other than like the 50,000 people that live there. You know, so they're they're looking at these opportunities, especially it's one thing with the NBA and the NHL, because their seasons were taken away. The MLB has the opportunity, as we've already stated, it's, it's not going to start till July, you know, July 1st through 4th will be opening weekend or opening day for most of these teams. They're going to start spring training again up in, in a couple weeks, as long as everything gets passed. So we'll see what happens there. It's it's just weird. And I totally agree with you. There is a middle ground in some capacity. And while I was watching my Korean baseball this morning, just wanted to let sure, let make sure you knew and the listeners knew I was watching. Um, Carl Ravish was even talking about what they may be, what they may consider doing is people are going to get tested every single day. Anybody that's with the team around the team, anything like that, every single day, family members, anybody that comes in contact, all of them are going to get tested every single day. They're going to get their temperatures taken. So that way it's not, you know, the NHL had a spread of mumps a couple of years ago. How does that happen? Nobody knows, but it's because they're so close. If there's that opportunity again, if they can be that strict about it, this is the one time I think uh, that that can really, really work to our, the fans advantage. Yeah, to everybody's, to the country's yeah. advantage. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, think yeah. I think even non-sports people are sort of yearning for this to come back because it it is a symbol of hope. I mean, it mm -hmm. truly is. It might sound yeah. ridiculous to some people, but, you know, having sports come back, I think, emboldens people, not necessarily to go out and not be careful and mm -hmm. not social distance, but emboldens people to, to like look ahead and say to themselves, oh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like things are slowly trickling back. Things mm -hmm. are slowly happening, capturing my attention. I love it. I'm excited about it. Beacon of hope, you make a good point. I mean, really, when all of this hit was when Rudy Gobert tested positive. That same night, Tom Hanks came out. He said, hey, I have it. Um, you know, once that kind of happened and once sports stopped, way more people started taking it seriously, myself included. The whole time I was like, no, nah, it's going to be fine. Just give me March Madness. Everything's going to be cool. Okay, no fans. It's going to suck, but I'm still going to want to see it. And then all of a sudden, you know, snap of your fingers. Two days later, 
everything's canceled, everything's suspended, and nothing was able to go on anymore, which is crazy. And uh, so I just have a couple questions here, you know, just regarding some of these games. If the East plays the East, we're going to have the Marlins against the Rays. And and I know you're a betting man, and I know you're a man from Florida. How many games in a row would the Rays and Marlins have to play before actually zero fans show up to that game? <laughs> um, you mean in in the in the pandemic or just in general? Just in general. How many yeah, games so- do they have to play? All six people that are showing up on a regular basis. How many games in a row would the Marlins and Rays have to play before none of them come back? The over-under set at three. Wow. Three. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, you can hear a pin drop in those stadiums. It's true. It's true, man. It's true. I would say they have to have had a four-game series in recent memory, right? And I'm sure the fourth game people showed up to. So I'm I'm going to take the over on that. I think you're giving me some money, but I don't know how many more games over uh, that will be. And that's just... That's just a fun little joke we like to play from people in South Florida and their uh, and their baseball. But one thing I am excited about, if this does happen again, East playing East, so we got Mets versus Yankees all the time. Central versus Central, we got Cubs and White Sox. That's going to be a blast. West versus West, we're going to have the two LA teams. How cool would it be if we get to watch on a semi regular basis Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw going up against Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon? How much fun? How much more fun are we going to have watching that on a consistent basis than? the Oakland athletics playing the Astros or whatever the, the matchup might be. Hey, let, let's be real. You're, you're a New York guy. I know you're a big giants fan. I don't know if it's Mets or Yankees for you, but Mets. Mets okay. So Mets Yankees. I'm not, I'm a Washington DC guy. Mets Yankees is, is one of those things. Like that's like, kind of like the Yankees Red Sox. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, remember back in the eighties. Well, you don't because you're so young. I'll tell you back in the eighties when Mike Tyson would come out to the ring and just like get ready to enter the ring. There was a certain like adrenaline rush that you would get a certain feeling like almost like a goosebump feeling where you're like, oh my God, this is, this is such a big moment. That's what Yankees Mets games would feel like, especially in the wake of this pandemic. And especially with people just itching for like real sports, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, Mm -hmm. to come back Mets Yankees, especially with the Mets pitching staff. That they are going to contend with the Yankees. This is they're not they're not a doormat this year. You know that better than anybody. I do think I think I took the over. I think they're at sixty or 80, 84, 86 wins. I think I took the over uh, back when that came out. Obviously, with only playing eighty two games, that bet would lose immediately. So we'll have to see. And I'm kind of excited too to see how it's structured to see what those team totals are looking like what some of the odds are to make the playoffs to win the division. So that part I'm pretty excited about. But it's just the fact that we just it's going to be a weird year. Obviously everything's been weird for the last two months, two months plus at this point, let's just make it weirder, man. Give me like nine or 10 Mets Yankees games. Let me, you know, let, let's watch the, the Chicago white Sox play against, I don't know, whoever's in the NL central, just consistently the St. Louis Cardinals. There we go. That's a weird ass game that I guess I'll watch a lot. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. I'm just excited for any type of sports really at this point. And we'll see with what happens in the, in the in the MLB. Appreciate everybody. This has been an absolute blast. Really do. I'll say it. Thank you from Sia. Thank you from me. Appreciate you out there, Nick. Um, it was an absolute blast. Make sure go check us out on Sirius 5 to 7 um, Saturdays and Sundays. Make sure to check us out. Go to www.windillysports.com. Everything is free. Everything is free. Check out the Discord. Talk to Nick. Talk to Sia. Get their picks. Nick's winning games. Sia's making money on golf. Baseball is not back, so I'm not really able to do anything too much yet. But we're excited for it. All the links in the show notes. We appreciate you all, and I hope you all make it a wonderful night.